You're listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Outdoor agencies across Colorado have seen an increase in park visitation and off-grid winter recreation. But winter weather conditions and backcountry recreation can be dangerous and require certain precautions and equipment to ensure a safe outdoor experience. Today on Colorado Outdoors, we discuss how to get in front of backcountry danger. You're listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. The podcast is powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. GOCO invests a portion of Colorado lottery proceeds to help preserve and enhance the state's parks, trails, wildlife, rivers, and open spaces. Its independent board awards competitive grants to local governments and land trusts and makes investments through Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Created when voters approved a constitutional amendment back in 1992, GOCO has committed more than $1.2 billion in lottery proceeds to more than 5,200 projects in all 64 counties without any tax dollar support. Well, there's nothing more majestic than looking up into the Rocky Mountains, in particular during the months, and the high country is covered with snow. It's beautiful, it's serene, but it's also treacherous and can be very dangerous as well. Today on Colorado Outdoors, we're talking snow safety and avalanche training with a couple of guests. Joining us first is Ben Plankus. He's the Northeast Region Trails Coordinator for CPW. Ben, welcome. It's, it's a beautiful time of year in Colorado, but it can also be a very dangerous time of year, isn't it? Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, it can be a, a dangerous time of year to, to recreate in the backcountry, so hopefully we can get some uh, some good words out to people who are heading to the outdoors. Well, how can winter winter conditions be dangerous? Kind of explain it. We, we think here in Colorado, in the summer we get to go to the high country, we get to hike. In the winter we get to go and ski and snowmobile. Well, you know, what, what is the average person not thinking about they need to be concerned about when they head up to the high country? Yeah, you know, weather, winter weather can be obviously dangerous in a lot of ways because we get storms that come with, with high winds and heavy snowfall. Um, this can make everything from driving to navigating in the backcountry difficult. Uh, but w- what we see when the snow accumulates in steep terrain is avalanches. And these avalanches can slide naturally after heavy snowfall or be triggered by a person in the backcountry. So w- we encourage people to at least take an avalanche awareness course if they're recreating in the winter. Uh, it's a couple hours long, and there's uh, lots of online options. Uh, there are higher-level trainings, but the awareness course will at least teach you how to identify when you're entering avalanche terrain. Uh, and if you can learn to do that, you can learn to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you should be checking local weather forecasts and avalanche forecasts through the Colorado Avalanche Information Center. So it's interesting that you, you talk about checking the, the, the forecast and the Avalanche Information Center. I, I've always found that fascinating. I did not grow up in the Rocky Mountains. I grew up in the upper Midwest. When I got out here, that was always something I was fascinated by, the fact that you folks are able to study what's going on, watch the snowfall, know what the avalanche areas are, and know when they become ripe up there and, and become very dangerous. 
Yeah, it is interesting. It's a it's a science. Those guys with the Colorado Information Center, they have degrees in snow science, and they're they're constantly out in the backcountry analyzing the snowpack for us. And it's such a good resource for people to take advantage of before going out into the backcountry. One of the other things on my guess would be that uh, you should probably choose your destinations wisely when you're heading out. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. You want to plan ahead and make sure you're not putting yourself on a route or terrain that's above your uh, maybe risk tolerance or ability level. And even if you are, keep in mind that um, if you do that, you might be putting search and rescue at risk if you're putting yourself in a hazardous situation. And when you're heading out there, you, you want to make sure you're bringing all the avalanche transceiver probe and avalanche shovel. And I know there's a reason that uh, there are trail closures. And, and many times, I think when we get up to the high country, a lot of folks figure, oh, I know they're saying the trail is closed, but you know what, I'm just going to head back there for a little while. you got to listen to those warnings because you folks know what you're talking about. You've, you've closed them down for a reason, correct? Yeah, correct. Most of the trail closures we have here are related to uh, wildlife, and those closures are there to give wildlife a space to kind of relax in the winter or more and to make sure that we're not putting too much stress on them. Um, there's already so many people out there, so in some areas we have trail closures just to make sure people aren't putting too much stress on wildlife that are already stressed in the winter months because of the colder temps and the snow. You talked about taking snow safety and avalanche rescue training. Is that something for anybody that goes up into the high country you'd recommend? I would recommend anybody that goes into the, the high country take at least a basic avalanche awareness class. Uh, these are only a couple hours long because in terms of avalanches, what you don't know in, in avalanche cases can kill you or, or hurt you. And that's going to teach you how to at least identify if you're entering avalanche terrain or how to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to continue recreating the backcountry skiing or snowmobiling, then you probably want to take a, a higher level three-day avalanche class and follow it up by a, a one-day rescue course to learn how to rescue people if they are caught in an avalanche. You know, one of the things that we find here in the state, there are so many people moving in from like, kind of like myself uh, 18 years ago. But you get here, you don't know what you don't know. So for somebody that's new to the state of Colorado or even the more you know, educated folks, what would you recommend to somebody or what kind of safety precautions would you tell to somebody that's maybe heading up and, and wanting to recreate up there? Yeah, you, you definitely have to do some just basic education about avalanche terrain. And, you know, I was, I was recently up by Jones Pass, which is west of Denver, about an hour, and I, I chatted with some snowshoers who I, I noticed had been traveling underneath a large, steep, snow-covered slope. And on this particular day, the avalanche danger for this slope and aspect was considerable. Uh, and that means natural avalanches were possible and human-triggered avalanches were likely. And in talking to them, it was clear they they didn't know how to identify avalanche terrain, and they didn't have any of the safety equipment. That's why just taking a basic couple-hour-long avalanche awareness course can be so beneficial. Give us a couple of the things you're looking for out there. Obviously, this is not in lieu for those listening of taking the course, but give us some basic things when we're up there. What should we be looking for? Yeah, one of the biggest indicators of whether or not you are entering avalanche terrain is steep slopes. So if you're underneath or or near a slope that looks steep and has snow on it, it is possible for an avalanche to occur on there. Another really good indicator is previous avalanches. If you start seeing those, you you definitely want to start dialing back your terrain choices as you head into the winter terrain. 
Ben, we talk about uh, somebody who are, is a novice out there. How about for those people that are experienced exploring the backcountry and, and maybe think they, they know what they need to know when they're out there? What advice would you give them? Yeah, you know, one thing an experienced backcountry traveler can do is continue that education by taking another avalanche course. And they can even take a, a course taught by a different company or outfitter to learn different techniques. Another, and, and I think this is really important, uh, another is to recognize the consequence of becoming too familiar with a particular area or slope. Uh, a lot of avalanche accidents and fatalities happen in terrain that people have traveled many times. Uh, so you could snowmobile or ski a particular slope for years, and you may never trigger an avalanche on that slope. But there's uncertainty in nature, particularly with snow, which changes day to day. So it's it's so important to take a step back and do your best to analyze the risks without preconceived experiences in mind when you're traveling out there. Yeah, the ever-changing conditions of the high country, and I, that's some of the advice I got years ago. I was told never, ever get too confident and feel too comfortable when you're up there. Always be on your guard and, and be very cautious. Ben, great stuff today. We appreciate you joining us in Colorado Outdoors. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, our thanks to Ben Plankus, Northeast Region Trails Coordinator for CPW. Now let's segue into talking snow safety and search and rescue with Michael Haskins. He's a park ranger for Chatfield State Park. Michael, thanks for joining us here in Colorado Outdoors. Uh, as we said to Ben a little while ago, it's a beautiful time in the state of Colorado, but it's also a time of concern and to be uh, wary when you go out because it is dangerous up in the high country this time of year, isn't it? It is, um, especially this year. Real interesting snow just based on having kind of more of a dry winter. It's changing our snowpack a little bit. And with the COVID-19 pandemic, we've got a lot more people getting out than um, maybe before where they would you know, choose to go to a resort or something like that. We've got a lot more people venturing out in the backcountry this year. With your history in this business, for those folks that uh, want to get up and recreate to the winter months in the state of Colorado, what, what's your best advice for those folks heading up to the high country? My best advice for them is we need to kind of plan a little bit before we just go up. We want to know what the weather is going to do, whether, you know, it can be sunny down here in Denver and 50 degrees, but it could be snowing a foot or two up predicted up in the mountains. So we kind of want to know at least what our weather is going to do. Um, and along with that, we're also going to check our avalanche forecast. And this is, I would say this goes for anybody traveling in the backcountry, whether it's, you know, you're just driving from, from Denver to Grand Junction, you know, you should know what the weather is going to do and maybe what the avalanche conditions are if they're going to shut down the roads for avalanche mitigation. Mm. Um, but especially if you're going to be traveling anywhere in the backcountry, whether it's snowshoeing, snowboarding, uh, cross-country skiing, backcountry skiing or snowboarding, um, you are exposing yourself um, outside of a controlled environment when you're in the backcountry. So I'll be checking the weather and the avalanche forecast um, before I even head out. I'm also going to let people know where I'm going uh, who I'm going with. I always travel in a pair, travel with somebody else, and always have the proper equipment for the backcountry, which would be an avalanche transceiver, a beacon, and a probe. There is a propensity for people to kind of get too comfortable sometimes when they head up and want to recreate in the high country, isn't there? There is. So I think a lot of people, especially this state is amazing. We have so many areas where you can park your car and within, you know, a five or ten minute walk, feel like you're in the middle of nowhere um, up in the mountains. And while that is awesome and it attracts a lot of people, it can also lead to a false sense of security because you feel like you are so close to your car or something like that where you can actually be some of the trailheads, Jones Pass in particular. If you park and you walk about a half mile up the trail, 
you're in avalanche country. You're walking underneath on the road, underneath um, avalanche chutes and stuff like that. So people think they're close to their car. They're they're not really deep in the backcountry, but they are already exposing themselves to some of those dangers. Michael, if you find yourself out there and you find yourself in a tough situation and you're not sure where you're at, maybe you followed a lot of the guidelines you laid out, you told somebody uh, where you were going, what do you recommend to somebody if they find themselves in a tough situation like that? Are there are there things that we can do when we find ourselves lost that give us the best chance of having a positive ending? Yeah, um, I would say carry always carry your cell phone. I know there's a lot of places in the mountains that don't get cell phone service, but there are, and especially now as technology is getting better, there are places that you can actually start to begin to start getting, um, especially higher elevations, where you can get enough of a bar to send out a text message that you need help. The other thing I would say is, you know, travel with a pair. So if one of you guys got to go back to get help for someone else, you know, that is, that's always a good plan. And they also make the new uh, satellite messengers, whether it's a spot or an in-reach device, which is a satellite messenger that can send text or SOS messages out to search and rescue for when you need help. Um, what I would say with those, if we're lost and turned around and, you know, we need some help and some guidance getting out, a lot of times, um, if they're, especially if they're cell phone service, the search and rescue teams can help talk to you and try to get you pointed in the right direction before they start sending people up to you. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, if it is a true emergency and you just need everything, just tell them you need everything, and they'll come up and help you. We just want to be careful not to overload their resources. Sure. You know, we talked a little bit with Ben about uh, snow safety avalanche rescue training. Are, are you the mind as well? That that That's something that if you're going to be a regular person that heads on up to the mountains and, and uh, you know, enjoys the time up there, that that's, that's a class you should be taking? Yeah, I believe every, everybody who's skiing outside the resorts or, you know, snowshoeing from backcountry hut to backcountry hut, snowmobilers, Anybody that's recreating in the backcountry in the winter needs to take, at a minimum, an avalanche awareness class, and then you have your avalanche companion rescue classes and your avalanche level one and level two classes. Some classes are a day, some classes are two or three days. The longer the class, um, the more you're going to learn, the more in-depth you're learning the science behind what the snow is doing, why the snow changes, why Colorado has one of the highest number of avalanches per year is just because we have a continental snowpack and it's pretty dry. And you would learn a lot of that stuff on your bigger classes. But just the basic avalanche awareness class where people can recognize what is avalanche terrain, how to mitigate their exposure in avalanche terrain, and making sure they're carrying their right equipment and knowing how to use it. You know, the thing about it, and, and I've had this happen to me when I've been up there for various activities, it's amazing how quickly, even though you think to yourself, I'm following a well-designated trail, how quickly you can get yourself turned around and get lost, isn't it? We try to do a pretty good job um, working with, you know, our partners, uh, the snowmobile clubs and other various outdoor clubs who, who groom the trails and maintain and mark the trails in the winter. Um, we try to do a, a good job with them, make sure that, you know, they're marking them and doing them as appropriate. But also, good things to have. Um, we talked about having your cell phone. Um, we have the Cotrex Outdoors app that you can download on your phone. It will pinpoint your location and show you where you're at on the trail. Um, there's also a Venza maps. You can download the Forest Service maps, uh, motor vehicle use maps, and stuff like that onto that app. So your cell phone is becoming a really good GPS um, to use in the backcountry, whether you have cell phone service or not. Um, and also making that plan with your friend or your travel partner. You know, we're going to go to this trailhead. We're going to hike on this trail. 
you and your partner know that. You should tell someone else outside your group that knows that to know when they, when they should expect you back just in case something happens. But just making a plan, looking over your map, and under, having an understanding of where you're going before you get there really helps kind of mitigate some of those getting-turned-around situations. Well, it's a beautiful time of year. It's a beautiful landscape, but also you've got your concerns when they head on up to the high country to recreate. Michael, we appreciate all the uh, insights and information today. Thank you. Thank you. There's a reason we all love the state of Colorado so much. It truly is one of the most beautiful locales in the world and an amazing natural playground. But along with all that beauty comes the responsibility of being informed and aware when we head out to the mountains. In the winter months, being well-versed in snow safety and avalanche awareness. Our thanks to Ben Plankus, Northeast Region's Trails Coordinator for CPW, and Michael Haskins, Park Ranger for Chatfield State Park, for joining us and lending their expertise. Remember, for anything and everything pertaining to Colorado Parks and Wildlife, go to our website at cpw.state.co.us. Thanks for joining us on Colorado Outdoors, powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. Until next time, get out and enjoy the great outdoors in our beautiful state of Colorado. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is a nationally recognized leader in conservation, outdoor recreation, and wildlife management. The agency manages 42 state parks, 960-plus species of wildlife in Colorado, more than 350 state wildlife areas, and a host of recreational programs from hunting and fishing to the state's trails program, boat registration, snowmobiles, off-highway vehicles, and more. All of its management is in perpetuity for the enjoyment of Coloradans and its visitors.